0: Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Another great week for It's The Real. How do we always have all these great weeks? Well, you know what? We had a great week last week, especially because we had Mary HK Choi on the podcast, and she's somebody who we've known for a while, but it was nice to introduce her to a lot of our audience, and a lot of people really took to her. Yeah. Her stories about Texas, her stories about interviewing Rihanna. People really got a lot from Mary out there, and uh, hopefully she'll come back soon. Now... That was the good part of the week. You also talked about how it might not have been the perfect week. I had a shitty haircut. Which ruined not just one day, but every day since then. Yeah, it's still a shitty haircut. It It is not fully grown back yet. Your hair might grow fast, but not, not today. We went to a listening party for Post Malone at Up and Down. It was just beyond hot in there so we had to leave at a certain point because well it's like if you're gonna have a listening party like turn on the air it was honestly like a sauna in there it was crazy and And not even like a dope sauna it's just like sauna with clothes on it was a bad it was a bad sauna nice to see everyone down there it was a nice gathering but we had to go because it was too fucking hot so we got out on the street where it was less hot Right, and who do we, we run leave? into? Uh, ran into Brittany Skye, who people might remember from our podcast with her. She was also in our music video for Jews for Jesus piece. She was also in Kendrick Lamar's music video for Poetic Justice. So we run into her and a friend. Yeah, and her friend cuts hair. For a living? Yeah. He doesn't just like walk down the street and cut hair. No, and I was just like, yo, I just got the worst haircut. Like, I'm I'm really bummed about it. And he looks in my hair and he goes, there's pills for that. And so, I said, wait, hold on. He was talking about... He thought I needed Rogaine. He thought your hair was so... He, he thought, you, thought my hair was so bad, I needed Rogaine. And I'm just <laughs> like, yo, my man, my hairline is fine. You're being a dick. <laughs> well, what kind of hair does he cut? He cuts women's hair. Oh, see? He just he doesn't know. It's not that big of a dick. Like, you can look at somebody and be like, hey, you want to know what? Hold on. Were you wearing a hat? No. You were not wearing a hat. No. You braved going out in the world with your shitty haircut. Let the people see what you looked like. Who 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 I might have been wearing a hat. Who'd you say you look like? I looked like Dimitri going to a club like in, in Russ in Russia. They 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 in cut Moscow. your hair. They cut your hair. You looked like I looked like-, like I was ready to, you know, buy some blue jeans on the corner of a Ukrainian <laughs> plaza for like a thousand dollars. You looked so so ready to get back into communism i looked like like a cable network could be filmed in our apartment funny thing about that funny thing about that anyway so now this guy says you need rogan how you feeling like a shithead is it too late to go over across the street to this haircut slash place where you can buy gold behind the counter right well and, people and might not understand that because i still don't understand that you can go into my barber shop and you can buy gold like necklaces chains you can uh, trade rings. gold you yeah can trade gold in addition to getting your haircut yeah it's you know, you know sh- before or after you it's don't want to ex- it's expensive to have a storefront in new york city <laughs> so just you know sell whatever no at what point do you go over there and d- can you demand your money back a week since your haircut no, why not? They did screw it up, and but like the customer's always right. Oh. Well, if they if they say no, I wonder if they abide by that. If they say no, you say da. Nice. Today on the podcast, we went to see our friend Mike Posner at his hotel. He had just finished with Seth Meyers. He was in town for that. And we had an amazing conversation. People are going to remember Mike Posner from his mixtapes back in 2009, 2010. A Matter of Time, One Foot Out the Door. Yeah, he had had a song called Cooler Than Me that people might know. Yeah, with Big Sean. It was a huge hit. His journey is incredible. He was on RCA. He got shelved. He had to find himself again. And now he has a huge song. You might know it. It's called I Took a Pill in Ibiza. I mean, it's everywhere. You'll hear it in like Dwayne Reed at like 3 o'clock in the morning or at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Like, it's, it's everywhere. And it's off his new album called called at night alone yeah go buy that now it's available through island records shout out to them we also got a visit from our friend kaz and our friend ben over from the, the stashed, stashed and they just put out a new physical it's it's more than a magazine because there's no ads in there I'd right it's, it's a lifestyle it's like a coffee table book it's it's a heavy beautifully put together book they they feature wiz khalifa and 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 Casey Veggies and Lion Babe and Pete Davidson, who you know from SNL, it's a great piece of work, and they came by to talk about it. And
1: let's get into that now. The funny thing is, the way it started is, you know, Stash is ran by translation, and um, literally it started with Stout texting me at like two in the morning, like the day after Christmas. It's like, yo, I want to put out a dope ass print magazine. And I was like. All right. <laughs> the me. day it's after cool. Christmas though. The day after Christmas. I'll never forget. I still have the email and he was like, "Yo, I want to put out a dope ass print piece or whatever." So I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." So like when Steve gives you the, like the direct <laughs> call, there's not really much negotiation. It's just like, "All right, so I guess we're doing a magazine." <laughs> you know, so It was almost like he hit you
0: over the head with a champagne bottle. <laughs> oh, oh, see, see, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. We were there for the stashed was it the two-year anniversary? Yep. Yes, and you guys announced that you were going to be doing this. Yes, like showed us the cover and everything. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Big party, well attended, mm. a lot of fun. That was a year ago. That was
1: a year ago. Yes.
0: What have you done over the course of this year to bring it literally to our apartments?
1: Well, you can see in the once you pick it up and, and hold it, it's not like a typical like magazine. No, it's, it's almost heavy. Like a, by the way, it's heavy. It's like a, it's like a coffee table. It is. It right. really is. It's, and...
0: it's like bigger than... It's just about, like, Rolling Stone size. Yeah. Like, it is... It's a real
1: thing. It was a lot of work. And on top of that, when we first uh, announced it... We wanted to keep it like really in-house and um we didn't really want to reach out to a lot of people and we wanted to make sure it was perfect the first time out because we only you know i assume some people know what i've done in the past but you know we we have to make a, a good first impression so we're not looking to compete with anyone this is more of an extension of our brand and who we are and this is something else that we can say we brought this to the table enjoy Wiz khalifa
0: you have pete Davidson. You have Lion Babe, Casey, Veggies, Ryan Hemsworth, and a bunch of others. What is most personal to you guys?
1: To me personally, I would—I I guess the whiz story because you know back in my Source days, like he was a guy where nobody was really checking for him in the magazine because we were all too busy going after the Doctor Dre's and the Ludacris's and the Jay Z's and all this other stuff. So like, I remember having to fight to get that coverage for him. You know what I'm saying? When Cushion RJs was just about to drop and before even Black and Yellow and like before he really blew up. And there's a personal story in there about we were doing a a group photo shoot with a bunch of like up and coming artists. It was like Tiana Taylor, Young Chris, Currency, uh, Pac Div, all these other guys. And Mickey Fax drops out. You know what I'm saying? At the last minute. You know what I'm saying? Wait, he dropped out? He drops out of the of the photo shoot. Because, Wise decision. Well, here's, <laughs> here's the thing. The, the, the theme of the photo shoot was like native tongues, right? And you know, back in the day, you know, Mickey Fax was all about, you know, N-E-R-D and like, oh, it doesn't really fit my feng shui type of stuff. <laughs> mm. So, like, he drops out. I like the 23rd hour uh. so we're just like god who are we gonna get to 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 replace this guy and this is the first time my first time meeting was one of the interns comes to me he's like yo i know this guy um you know Artie pitt he met this guy with khalifa and you know we call him up and see if he'll do it whatever so we call him uh we tell him the whole premise he fucking him Artie, will i think mac at the time benji all load up a van from pittsburgh haul ass down to the financial district to the source shoot just to make it in time for the shoot. By the way, so, that's the know? entire Rostrum company. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're like, They're like, everybody in a van. That <laughs> tells you how how long ago this was. Yeah. <laughs> like, they all were in the van and just hauled ass over there. So like it was kind of like a nice full circle moment you know, in the making of that. And you could log online and get the digital version where we got the video of us talking about that and just talking about how far we've come in such a long time. And it was really... Obviously the launching a print issue is really hard in twenty sixteen, but it's even harder convincing somebody of that stature to be like, Hey, you wanna be on the cover of this magazine that nobody's really heard of before? And be the it. be the first one and he was the guy who was like, Yeah, screw it, I'll do it. Like Let's go. Yeah, so we're just really trying to expand ourselves and make, you know, just just bring a different a different type of uh, scope to media especially in this day and age where it's really hard to you know you you can get your stuff from anywhere you get your stuff from twitter or fi- facebook or snapchat or it's, so. the, right, or yeah, it's right. the real dot com that's <laughs> right it's <laughs> the
0: real so like you know putting this uh this book together for a year is there anything that was you know timely to that moment and then it's just like oh the lead time of a magazine doesn't really uh it's not
1: conducive to that <laughs> yeah well i mean we we factored that into it when we were making it we wanted to the, um we didn't want to make it so much of a hey, Wiz Khalifa has an album out. Let's talk about Wiz Khalifa's album. You know what I'm saying? It was more so, like, personal stories with people. It's more, you know, getting to know them as artists, getting to know, like, especially if the... Oh, but why bother? But why bother? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, who who cares about these guys? But, I mean... um, I like to think of my uh, artists as, you know, just
0: entities that you can just uh, throw away after their (laughs) album comes out. They just kind
1: of live in my iPhone. And, like, when I turn them off, they don't exist anymore.
0: (laughs) You guys are both online guys, right? Mm -hmm. Like, big personas, online... A lot of your business is online. How much of this gives you credit when you go home for, like, you know, holidays? They're, you're like, oh, here, yeah, okay. I can <laughs> tangibly show you.
1: Yeah, yeah. my mom's going to be able to hold this. My grandma's going to be able to hold it before they're like, what exactly do you yeah. do? You like, write about things, but what does that mean? So I can bring this home and they're going to be able to hold it. And I'm, this is what we're doing, you know? And the- Are either of your moms on Snapchat? Oh, hell no. no, no my mom's on no, Snapchat. No, geez. Snapchat is my escape from my mom. Like, <laughs> I know she has a Facebook. She stalks my Twitter. She can see my Instagram, but Snapchat, I knew she has nowhere. Way to use, did so. she listen to your tax Stone interview? No. Oh, god, <laughs> <laughs> she actually did. did you, oh, what? Yeah. Oh, no. It was awful. I got scolded by my mom about that. She's I'm like, sure, she was like, Why are you on the internet talking all these sexual things about? I'm like, Mom, it's I was like, Oh, god, can we stop talking about this? Meanwhile, so,
0: we ask you to be on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about yeah. it. I, so you don't. were not I don't want to do the whole story right, yeah, it, but, but we <laughs> invited you up here for the um the for the mic open mic episode, which yes. was like asking a whole bunch of our friends to come up tell their best like story. Yes.
1: And you came up here. And I came up here and I told a story that you I were probably, so ready. I was I was really excited <laughs> and I told the story in full graphic detail. And it wasn't until I hit the stairs after this and I was like, I've made a terrible mistake. Uh, actually you promised to punch me because I called you James Harden recently. This is <laughs> this is true. I didn't I didn't I don't know if it was a punch. I think, you just, you just I say think it was on just side. a fade on sight. Fade on sight, yeah. So punches, kicks, headbutts. so you get, of, you
0: get James Harden a lot. Jeff, you get Jeff Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum. <laughs> Right. Like we're like the guy from um a it's like the Concord. Yeah, it's any Jew. Right. Any Jew. Yeah, any right? Jew. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I sat down with, with Lior. We had a meeting with Lior Cohen, and he said that I look like Harpo Marx, which is just crazy because <laughs> Harpo is blonde. And also because Harpo doesn't talk. He's a mute, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. And so, like, you know, imagine for an hour and a half, all Lior hears Eric doing is uh uh-uh, uh yeah, like, <laughs> like that. But do you get mistaken for anyone, man?
1: I've gotten called every white guy. Yes. Every yeah. uh, every white guy? Toby McGuire, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron <laughs> Fraud. Aaron like, Rodgers yeah, yeah, is pretty good. I see good. a lot of that. I interviewed Olivia Munn, and I was like, this close to asking her her opinion it. and then I just <laughs> it out. There's no way I was going to do it. Oh, do you remember
0: that uh, uh, he had or maybe the Packers did it? Somehow they got like a real like exact look-alike to go yes, in there wore their jersey. That's yes, right. Yeah. That. Shout out to Translation. Shout out to Translation. We didn't do that ad, but shout out to them anyway. Here's someone you can't duplicate. I think it's your most recent hire at the Stashed. Oh, yeah. Lisa Ann. Lisa Ann, the porn star. Yes. Is former former or... adult film star. Okay. Lisa yes. Ann.
1: Lisa is so, like, geeked to, like, work for us. Yeah. Like, it, it, it throws me for a loop sometimes, like, how, like, excited she's, like, hand in pieces and, like, come to the office and just hang out and just, like. Completely down. Yeah. Like, she's the most down-to-earth person, like, I've ever worked with, ever met. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No offense to you guys. No offense to you guys. But, I mean, like, she's... She, and the thing is, like, that really humbles us is that, like, she could have went anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, literally, when we went to... um, all, when We were, like, talking about, like, bringing her on full-time, whatever. She's like, yeah, you know, after the Complex piece I posted, you know, they wanted to, you know, do some more stuff with me. But I told them no because I'm really committed to you guys. And, like, when I do something, I'm all in on it. So, I'm 100% down with you guys. So I was just like... Wow. Would you say that she's
0: the Dwight Howard to your James Harden? (laughs) Wow. I hope she's the Shaq to my
1: Kobe. uh, The Russell Westbrook to my Kevin Durant. Something a little bit more uh, conducive. You just don't like the, the analogy. I don't, man. Like, you know what it is? I my entire life I never had hair like I always <laughs> just had like shortcuts yeah I saw my no beard yeah we've all we've all seen my MySpace figure so like the first time I, I cut my hair like my hair doesn't really grow like in a full fro <laughs> so I was like you know what let me just run with this mohawk for a little bit see how that goes and then like you know I went from getting all like the Virgil you look like Virgil Abloh yep, stuff yep. to now like the James Harden stuff was like 20 times worse because <laughs> I went to Toronto for All-Star Weekend oh and I can God. tell you how many times kids were running up to me nah. with hand, with pens and pads like Mr. Harden, Mr. Harden I'm like yo I'm not him, I'm not him <laughs> Mr. Harden's my him. father I'm like oh my gosh was, um, Also Mr. Harden is a person who worked
0: with Lisa Ann in the past <laughs> 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 oh man yeah no. so okay Weird. so this is volume one this is volume yes. one yes which means you guys promise there's a, there's a, a next issue right absolutely
1: 100 absolutely do you
0: promise that it's going to be less than 365 days from now i promise yes. you that so okay definitely be that. so also um at at the stashed anniversary party when you announced that this was going to be coming out mm. we gave our home addresses yes you did Because we were expecting... So are you going to do this to everyone now that you have all those addresses? (laughs) Well, the
1: thing was, we were supposed to mail these out, right? The whole plan was we were going to put these together... And then, you know, just mail them and it'll be a nice surprise when you guys come over to them. whatever. Um, I thought it would just be a better idea just to kind of do like hand-to-hand delivery. No, totally get that. Just like, hey, you know, it's our first issue. Trust me, the next issue will just be mailed to you. I'm not doing <laughs> this again. I just want to know if
0: Lisa Ann's going to come over and hand delivery issue number two. <laughs> guys.
1: You know what? The, the, she's so down, she probably would. She probably she would. would. Yeah. Um,
0: can you tell us what you guys are working on for issue two?
1: Um, I cannot. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I can tell you it's going to be, uh, you know, we're not going to um, go any lower in quality. Like, the reason why we wanted to put this type of print issue out is so i believe that if you give people quality people will pay for quality totally so um you know it's the price points at 20 bucks an issue uh the digital issues uh five on um on the website which is print.thestash.com yeah man like we want to make sure we take our time with it not a full year but you know <laughs> this is going to be a quarterly so every season there'll be a new issue out Dope. and uh we're going to make sure that people care about printing again nice for coming. Um, thanks nice for having you us really.
0: Before we get into this episode with Mike Posner, please go find us at soundcloud.com slash a waste of time. You can also find us on iTunes. If you search for A Waste of Time with It's The Real, we will probably come up. We're also on Twitter. We're on Snapchat, We're on Instagram. Hey, guess what? What? We're also on Google Play. Yeah, which is... So anybody with an Android or you don't like iTunes for whatever reason, go to Google Play and search for a waste of time with It's The Real. Yeah, if your Snapchat is looking real fuzzy because you're Android, that probably (laughs) means that you can go to Google Play. Yo, quick shout out to our friend, Boss Nod, who is like... He's the champion of, of struggle phones. Yo, it's like... That looks like a real Russian phone. That is a Russian phone. Yeah. All right. Uh, When do you want to get into this episode with Mike Posner? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. The Crossing Guard, a.k.a. Streets is watching. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Six Rings, a.k.a. Voicemail Full. Yo, it's Mike Posner. Yeah, and this is Waste of Time with This the Real. You guys are amazing. Yo, Mike, what's good? (laughs) I I feel great. Welcome to New York. It, can we tell them where we're at? We're yeah. at your hotel. I mean, do uh, you want to tell them specifically where you're at? Like, you're not going to be I here time I am laying, laying in
2: the bed. I'm laying in the bed. <laughs> well, on and the bed. I think sta- your prepositions
0: are wrong. <laughs> you're right.
2: I'm on the bed.
0: Yeah. And we are just here. Later, I'll be
2: in the bed. Yes, this is I'm, true. But I'm over the covers. See, now. you
0: just, you just, you have you're great right. foresight, you know? Right. So, <laughs> so wait, you're here I'm in New York. I'm trying to attract
2: that into my life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're here in New York because you're doing Seth Meyers. I did it. I know, but it's airing tonight again. Foresight, <laughs> right, right. I did it? it, and it was great, man. Th- so you great. performed, or did you do couch? Or
2: I just perform. I'm not famous enough to get on that couch. Really? But I like sp- singing more than speaking. You're so famous enough
0: to be on the bed. <laughs> I'm famous enough to be on the bed, <laughs>
2: and for some girls, I'm famous enough to be in the bed. Wow! Wow! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: So wait, so you performed what tonight? The the song that's big? I performed (laughs) (laughs) exactly. (laughs) I performed. I took a pill in Ibiza. How did it? it. How did it compare to doing the Tonight Show?
2: The it was great. You know, I I was with my band tonight. Yes. Tonight shows at the Roots. And The the Roots. You know, I told them when I was there, they were my first concert. My big sister took me to see the OK Player tour. In which it was in, I'm from Detroit, but it was in Maine because she went to college in Maine, and I was visiting her. And she, I was maybe 11 or 12. OK, player tour was slum village, Talib Kweli, Dead Prez, wow. and the Roots were the headliner. And I I played with the Roots a couple times before, but I was always trying to be cool, yeah. And I never told them that. And um, you know, before I got to just tell Amir that, and you know, and he told me I really. Like this song, that's amazing, and so that is just like you know, it's, that's like a dream come true. And I also, wa- I really watched Jimmy Fallon. I yeah, like Jimmy yeah, Fallon. Yeah. So playing on that show was like really cool. So, what did Tuba Gooding Jr. have to say about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I talked to him. <laughs> he didn't play
0: during with my with me, no. but you, but you did. I suppose you like said hi to all the roots one by one at some point. No, really, just the ones that played with me. Okay, and then I didn't see all of them. But you want to know what? Next think. time, you tell them all. You know, how much and you Rozelle wasn't there. Well, right. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> you gave up on the roots. Me and trying like, to sound cool. because I know stuff the real about hip hop. Yeah, the, the real roots ended <laughs> in like you know 1999 for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So wait, what's it like backstage, by the way? When you're in the green room, are you are you actually watching the rest of the show?
2: I don't, cause I sort of get like, It makes me nervous, kind of to watch the thing. So I, I'm notorious amongst my friends for being a bit of a hermit i don't go out a lot
0: it's in real life
2: in real life yeah, yeah. and so i use when i do fun stuff like this i i invite all my friends so for, i had the guy there from high school i hadn't seen 10 years kids from that i went to college with and people from my record label. so it's a big party for me i wrote deep to the to these things <laughs> i did ellen too a couple weeks ago and it was like it was me ice cube and john cena whoa and uh it's it, i didn't see it but my friends were like yeah john cena was just in his room like the door was open he was alone <laughs> <laughs> it was like we literally had like 30 people you know backstage. we you know we're so we're jamming i'm playing guitar with my with my band and Sometimes we write new songs backstage. That's dope. What I don't do is just sit around and think about like playing Seth Meyers. I just, <laughs> you I just, just have to do it. That's oh, what yeah, John Cena fun. does. John Cena <laughs> yeah. just sits there quietly, <laughs>
0: imagining what it's like to play for Seth Meyers. <laughs> you know? Yo, can we let's take it back to the very beginning? So you're you're born and bred a, just outside of Detroit or in Detroit?
2: Born in Detroit, bred. I uh, guess <laughs> <'cause laughs> after I moved out to the suburbs when I was two. Okay, and, and I is grew it up there.
0: Just you and your sister, or you have any other siblings?
2: She's only sibling, and two parent household. Gotcha. Yeah, my so parents still married to this day, thirty some years. That's maybe.
0: amazing. Yeah. yeah. What did they do for a living?
2: My father was a criminal defense attorney. He's Whoa. retired now. Um. So Detroit was a good city for that profession. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and my mother was a pharmacist, but she's recently stopped. And she w- was uh, she was going back to school to get her master's in um. In historical preservation whoa yeah
0: that's Smart really lady. awesome <laughs> she's a special lady what's the age difference between you and your sister
2: six and a half years so is which is why I had to go do cool things when I was young like have her take me to see the roots well okay
0: know? so she was into hip-hop she
2: w- uh, she was um, originally she was in the grunge so when I was in kindergarten and first grade I remember her putting Nirvana in the headphones on my head like being in the car and my mom turning around going get that off <laughs> and she would take it off so I was listening to like Pearl Jam and Silver Chair and stuff like that and then she, when she went to college I got more into hip hop and initially it was the guys on um, the TV at the time so it was like DMX Mystical ah yeah. did I do that <laughs> it ain't my fault did I do that and then I think it was her, I think it was her, her, I'm not exactly sure that got me onto the more conscious stuff. Mm-hmm. And she bought me this book by Bobby Seale, who was like uh, one of the founding members of the Black Panther Party. And I read this book and I got really fascinated with with people whose politics kind of aligned with, with that. So I, we were like, I loved Dead Press. Like that was probably my... You were my so woke from a young age. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, you know. <laughs> you know, I would I had all these like... I, thought i like knew how the world worked and, <laughs> you know at age 13 no but
0: like because your sister put the headphones on you like you were ready to challenge the system like from a young age you yeah were just like yeah you
2: in that sentence like challenge the system or like the system right yeah. in, in quotes was like something that was part of my language yeah probably starting at age like 11 12 like it is years now you know and so yeah and then i started getting to like dead press i loved i loved outcast i loved Got into Jay Dilla like, made the end of high school. Yeah. Um, obviously, Eminem. Um.
0: So all this stuff was on the radio too.
2: No, that stuff was on there. like most of quali was. Wait, on the was Eminem on the radio? Eminem was on the radio once or no, twice. No, I mean, like that's <laughs> like yeah, once or twice in Detroit. You know, they played them here and there. Right, so. Just sprinkling it throughout. Yeah. that's right.
0: So, um, did you have the same group of friends going from like elementary school all the way through high school? No,
2: and that was kind of the beginning of the the story that I left out. Was I hang I i'm jewish and i had like a couple jewish friends that were like my best friends from age like pre a preschool age to third grade okay and then at, there was this like school that like started that was like a little bit better than ours it was also a public school and the, all my friends went to this other school and my parents i don't know why they just left me when <laughs> i was in which was also really good by the way and um pu- like public school but like good public yeah. school and um then after they left I became friends with these two kids Justin Dick I know you I <laughs> have some some joke coming well no up.
0: listen we have a friend named Josh Dick yeah. right and he uh, used to do uh, tour agent stuff for like all these like different rappers so like including a- yeah. so, ASAP include- Mob and uh-huh. all the ASAP guys refused to call him Josh Dick they would call him Josh Richards <laughs> yeah because Richards didn't have it in there. them yeah, yeah. right
2: and so they, my friends left. I hang out Justin, Diggy, Airwebs. So he's, you know, two black kids. They happen to be black, but they listen to they listen to Dmx and Mystical. Yeah. So that was how the journey started. That was the prequel to my <laughs> story that well, no one cares about. By the
0: yet. way, were you were you bar mitzvahed? I was, but I was part
2: of this like, kind of, like, semi-socialist like Jewish organization growing up, which like was secular so we never talked about god we learned yiddish okay and we learned about like the history of the jewish people but we never talked about i didn't read from the bible Uh my my bar mitzvah was like this like (laughs) like 20 page speech about (laughs) the jews role in the civil rights movement whoa in particular like i forgot their names i was like michael cheney it was another guy named Goodman. It was these three guys that went down South to do this protest. Oh, and, sure, yeah, and they all yeah. got killed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Our mom
0: talks about them like all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, by like, the way, I just yeah. want to the Freedom Riders. Um, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. This was like I was. T- I was my bar
0: mitzvah was just about that crazy. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> on becoming a man. I know. Thanks. <laughs> you know, um, if anybody feel like a man, <laughs> if anybody's just tuning in, this is our interview with Mclemore. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. So did you have did you have a party after your bar mitzvah?
2: yeah immediately
0: and what was, that's what I did too did you have yours right after the really yeah,
2: rich kids split them up
0: oh yeah but yeah. N- not us no. yeah. <laughs> so wait what was your theme I didn't really have a theme it was just show I know up it's and, embarrassing. and dance it was just like okay no, I, I did my
2: thing and I just went into the next room and like we had a DJ. No, that's stuff. tight.
0: Like embarrassing is like my theme was newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> newspapers, like, yeah. All yeah. like relatives from like Florida, like cousins <laughs> sat at like the Palm Beach, you know, Gazette or something like that, or the Miami yeah. New, you know. Well, you were also farming was an awful theme. Listen, and my brothers magazines, mad, magazines, yeah, yeah magazines. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen. Again, we didn't have foresight. We weren't like in 2016. None of this stuff will even exist anymore. Print is the future. (laughs) Print is the future. Yeah. Oh, oh, so you're you're in middle school. You love hip hop. What were you in band?
2: I was in band. Yeah, I played drums. That was my first instrument. Nice. Um, Did your parents
0: like give you a fight about that? Were they like, uh,
2: oh, it'd be nicer they, if you played clarinet." They <laughs> wanted me to play piano, and I always, I never wanted to do it. I thought it was girly, and I regret it now. Because I started taking piano as an adult. And By like the way, I, I agree really with them.
0: Piano is like super girly. <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh,
2: and so you know, I wanted to play drums, and but they were really supportive. They bought me a drum set. That's dope. Uh, they had it like in their. In the living room at first. Terrible mistake. <laughs> yeah. And there was this old lady across the street named Rose Brooks and she was like, Did you hear the thunder? <laughs> there was no rain, but it was thundering.
3: Did you know you know?
2: You moved into the basement shortly after did that. You, did you you have a band
0: at that point, like your own band?
2: I did have my own band. There was a couple guys I used to jam with here and there. And um when I got to high school I you know, I played snare. In the marching band, oh man, you were and uh, the the band teacher and I were at odds, and so uh, by then I was starting to make beats and stuff, and um, I Wait, was. Why just, were you guys at odds? He was just kind of a dick, and I think a lot of my teachers because I did well in school, mm-hmm. um, I got good grades, and I was good. I was really good at the at the drums, but I was like, you know, I would dick around, and people didn't like. The, it, I think. No one likes the, your dick you're dicking around in their class, but then they get more mad if you're dicking around and like doing well on the test. Right, <laughs> and that's what I was doing. And so he told me, "quote." And I have a poem about this. He one day he was, I think we were on like a band trip. I think he was, a, you know, had a couple of drinks in. <laughs> and go, he looks at me and goes, "You really think you're something, huh? You ain't shit." oh you my know? god and i quit i was like fuck it man it's Whoa. like a twisted sister video yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like i was just like All right, what, what are you I gonna mean? do with your life <laughs> you <know? laughs> and so i quit you know i was like i'm just gonna focus on doing beats and stuff man yeah. what
0: what 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 grade was this
2: that was sophomore year
0: i love teachers yeah. who don't or encourage the, their kids <laughs> i did sophomore
2: year and then junior year i Damn. did not continue was
0: it a cool like band trip at least did you go to a cool place
2: we went to washington d c
0: that's cool yeah it yeah. wasn't like you know just like down the street or anything no oh. so okay you lived in Michigan Southfield there's lots of colleges out there including like you know you want like you you did really well in in high school mm. and obviously like Duke is like a legendary you know very very esteemed school why didn't you go to University of Michigan
2: i got i applied or were to you an m s u guy no i wasn't it was msu is probably the the school that it contains the most fun in its experience <laughs> you <Yeah>, know i've been <laughs> to a lot of schools you know because <laughs> because my career started when i was in in college uh but msu's fun i didn't apply there i applied to michigan i got in and um i'm not proud to say this but part of me just wanted to like beat everyone you know, and, and most of the kids from my high school went to U of M, Michigan, or Oakland, or OCC. And um, I wanted to beat them.
0: Well, if you want to beat them, shouldn't th- you have gone to Ohio State? Oh, yeah. my God. The, hey, the Ohio State yeah, University. beat them in football. I don't know how to beat them in.
2: You know, as I
0: got love for Ohio State. You know, they...
2: They support me. That's the weird thing. It's like, because I play all these schools, like UNC. You know, I played while I was still a Duke student, and the show sold out, which blew my mind. I thought they would boycott me. Sure. And uh, so, you know, kids are like, right, I'm a, you know, fuck Duke. And I'm like, I love UNC. You know, I love UNC. And I love state. And I'm not proud of that rationale. It's not a good reason to do something to beat someone else. You know, um, you should really be like following your gut and your heart. And I think, you know, these sort of inner guidances are are a better you know way to sift through this crazy thing called life um but that i wasn't at that spot yet (laughs) at 18 you know i wanted to be and i had someone really special in my life to help me finance that very egotistical drive you know because going to duke is not a a cheap endeavor um so that person didn't want to be named but uh they just, you know, shout out to them Shout out to them Huge Shout out to shout Rosa out to across the street <laughs> yeah, Ro- yeah Rose Brooks <laughs> baby Rosa.
0: What up doe So you know it's funny Your sister goes away You know six and a half years Before you do So your parents already got that out of the way So it wasn't even anything for you to go All the way down to North Carolina huh
2: No we You know I was a I was kind of a shithead, you know. I really was when I was like eighteen. What would you do? I just, I was just super disrespectful to my m- mom and my dad. The way I would talk to them, you know. But
0: like, what were your SAT scores? You know? <laughs> I took
2: the ACTs, and I took them the first time. I got twenty-eight, and I took them again. I got twenty-nine, and I just had this feeling like I can do better, so I kept taking. Them, I got thirty-one. And then the last one I got thirty-three.
0: Okay, I don't know what ACT scores mean. Like I was an SAT guy. It's you? not a 36. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> but same like same idea, like you're doing
2: There's I remember there being math for sure, reading for sure. Um, I think it's all multiple choice.
0: Hmm. If you have any controversial views on the ACT and SAT, <laughs> please leave a comment. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Shout outs to uh the ACTs.
0: So you so you took them and And you were just like... Oh, and you got into Duke. And did you get into anywhere else that you really seriously considered? Um, Duke was my
2: first choice. Um, So I also applied to Northwestern. I also applied to Emory. And I applied to University of North Carolina. And when I got into Duke, I knew I was going there. So I had heard back from Michigan already. I hadn't heard back from Emory, Northwestern, or UNC. So I... I don't know if I emailed or wrote a letter at that point <laughs> but I contact them and say hey I'm not coming so don't don't accept me because I don't want to take someone else's spot I'm not coming going to Duke motherfucker <laughs> 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 uh and they were like, two of them were cool. And then UNC writes me a letter like, "Congratulations, <laughs> you have been accepted at University of North Carolina." Man. I was like, "Go and listen to my <laughs> some poor kid's spot." It's like, really wanted to go to UNC and get in because they let me in, and they didn't read my
0: letter <laughs> or email. Can't remember which. So, who was your freshman year roommate at Duke?
2: My freshman year roommate was Jordan Baltes. From? I think he's from Texas. Whoa. Yeah.
0: How was that? you guys get along? No, we
2: didn't get along. We didn't get along. We almost got a fight at the end, and then he moved out.
0: Really? Yeah. Does that mean you had, like, the place to yourself yeah, for a little while? Yeah,
2: for, like, the end of freshman year. <laughs> it just That's became dope. my beat laboratory.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you were working on beats, like, in your in your dorm room? Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. So you, I, first it was on, in Michigan, it was on my mom's laptop. And there was this kid that I met. I used to go on these, like, online... Chat, rap like chat room forums and you would post to your like 16 just in in writing and people would like comment on it and stuff. Do you remember we on, which like, one?
0: S-O-H-H and stuff or like uh, All Hip Hop or something. I remember hip- those like things. Yeah. Or rap they, they had that that or? wasn't
2: the one. I, I don't remember the name of the one I went on. The site I loved the most to listen to but was Hip Hop Hyphen game.com. Yeah. Oh, yeah, hey, yeah, 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 sure. That was the one. I bet that site, if you pull it up, looks exactly the same right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. I remember I checked it, like, you know, I probably started checking it, like going to it in, I don't know. 2003 yeah i don't really got it, like 2013 and it was just like this exact same <laughs> design and i was like
0: this is just some trill shit <laughs> you know? um, so, so so what I, kind of computer did your mom have by the way we
2: had like a gateway or something like that it was a pc and anyway so i uh, why why i was telling this long meandering story about hip-hop forums was i met this kid um on a forum named the grocery man <laughs> And he, like, it, 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 we somehow it turned out he was, like, 13 also. He was Jewish also. By the also. way, he's I could definitely also. tell he was 13 with that name. <laughs> know the grocery man. <laughs> you know you grocery guys know man. the grocery man? No, no, no. Yeah, he's okay. Just by the name. No, um. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and he sent me this. We would talk on AIM. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I got an MPC for my bar mitzvah. And I was like, so how do you make beats? And, you know, how do you make? He's like, I use this program. He sent me this program called Cool Edit Pro. And we had he had a fake name and password that name was peter keist (laughs) guard shout outs to peter keist and uh yeah man so then i got a little keyboard from from best buy and i would just you know you could layer you could layer tracks But there was no quantize you guys know what quantize is Yeah, so do your listeners know or should we explain no go ahead quantize is like when you play um when you play something when you're making a beat it will put it exactly on time right quant if you use the quant you can fix it and you can use it f- a varying gradation so if you want to be like super robot you could put 100 percent. if you're jay dillard you never use quantized <laughs> um and that's why his stuff it swings you know um so i have quantized and i just couldn't figure out, i was like man dr dre hits those buttons like perfectly <laughs> like how does he do it and then finally i've moved on to like fl studio um, Is that Fruity Loops? Fruity Loops, Mm -hmm. the free version. (laughs) And um, I got a better keyboard, a motif, Yamaha Motif ES, which I read (laughs) in Scratch Magazine. (laughs) It was like what Scott Storch and Dre used. And and then I could make beats all on that keyboard. And um, it was around this time I met, um, I started interning at a radio station. Which one? Uh, It was called Hot 1027. Is it it's, still around? It's on a different channel now. Okay, so it means like Hot One Hundred Five Nine or something like that. I don't know. It's something different. And uh, I used to work down there. I was an intern, and there was this kid I worked with named Pat Piff, who was a rapper, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, you, I, I'm in a group with my boy Sean, <laughs> and um, he's like, Kanye's gonna sign Sean, but he doesn't want to sign me. So he was like kind of heartbroken at the time, but he was a sick MC. I started doing beats for him. And he introduced me to Sean. Sean turned out to be Big Sean. Yeah. You know, so he would he would come over to my house, my mom's house, rather, my mom and dad's house, and um, I would do beats for him, record him and whatnot. And what was uh, Sean's name at that time? Was he Big Sean? He, yeah. he, he, it was like a topic of conversation.
3: because he when was, he like was like getting signed?
2: Yeah, he didn't know what his name was. Like, we'd call him Sean. He would he'd go as Sean the Dawn a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, I guess he just, it was like between that and Big Sean, I think. <laughs> which side of the line did you fall on i was a bit impartial <laughs> you know you're like you're not
0: par- really like tall <laughs> <laughs> well wait what what name did you make beats under i always went by mike posner because real um, name no gimmicks yeah,
2: yeah. i just decided age to Trist, uh, mm-hmm. yeah like maybe age 13 14. by age 13 14, i was you know i was recording my own shit so i was all rap shit you know i made a rap album when i was 18 saw the trunk of my car that was my first album it's called reflections of the loss of a lost team wow and like some of it's on the internet not all <laughs> of it uh and um i forgot why i started this tangent. We talking <laughs> Sounds about? like you're Sean. a lost adult. <laughs> you know? I <laughs> am. No, but you um, commiserations mean, of yeah. a currently
0: lost adult. But yeah. so so Kanye does sign Sean. He signs Sean. And was that just mind blowing? Yeah. So so I met
2: Sean the end of high school and I went to Duke and I remember I telling him like, you know, if I could we were in my parents' house one time and I was like, if I could just have a house like this and do music i'm good like that would be great he go i don't know, he looked at me like i was fucking nuts and he, go, <laughs> and he goes not me i want it all and uh so yeah th- those things seemed really far away like you know when you're, when you're just in your mom's basement or you're in your dorm room like getting a record deal that seemed like a million miles away um you haven't saw on the radio million miles away. Um, doing the Seth Meyers show or playing <laughs> with the Roots on Jimmy Fallon three million miles away mm. and you know suddenly this guy that I rapped with a lot you know we used to ra- at the same radio station on interned at, we used to rap on the air they had Friday Night Cypher and I used to rap with Sean we freestyle together and I always thought I was like better I thought I was the best you know <laughs> I thought you know <laughs> I'm just a dickhead better man.
0: than Pat Piff yeah I thought I was the best yeah.
2: you know and am sure they all thought they were the best you know and um when he got when he got signed you know when i met him he had already he already knew kanye yeah but but it was this process where i think kanye was like vetting him in some way he was he would send music and you would be like yeah we're gonna get the deal done and it was just like dragged on for a long time and when he got signed it was like whoa if he could get signed then hmm like I probably can too. Well, so, you and down, all those things were no longer a million miles away. They were right. they were at arm's length.
0: But you go down to to Duke, and I mean, are you? What are you majoring in? Do you choose your major at this point?
2: uh I choose my major like junior year. I think things were starting to get a little more serious with my music. Like by then, I had started my band, Mike Posner and the Brain Trust mm-hmm. and the Brain Trust, excuse me, and um. Uh, when it kind of came time to my choose my major, honestly, I was looking for something that just was easy, so I could <laughs> could could focus on
0: music. What's easy at Duke? Uh, psychology. <laughs>
2: so I did Soch Oh, so yeah. I was close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. psych is like, yeah, those are considered the easy ones. Yeah. I mean, like I I took calc freshman year, and it was the hardest class I ever took. You know, I was so used to being the smartest kid in my whole high school, and I remember I like I got an A on the first calc test, and the second one I got an F. You know, I ne- I'd never gotten a C before. I, I had a one B plus from my Dick Band teacher, <laughs> and the rest of my report cards were A's, A minus. No, he was right. <laughs> a, you know, and uh, so I got an F. And I was like, whoa! It was the first time in my life where just my best just wasn't even close to good enough because I really studied for it, and they got a D, and on the next one, and by this time, um, Sean was working with our friends Right Tracks. They were a produ- production duo, and they would do beats for Sean and you know i got called like hey right tracks is getting signed by kanye too and i'm at duke and i'm like i just was so fucking jealous and i felt like i was in i was in the wrong spot like i should be in detroit hmm. doing the beats for sean not here failing fucking cow tests like what who cares about this shit with your terrible roommate <laughs> yeah. yeah and so i was really heartbroken at the time i felt like that should have been me but i just kept doing music you know and um eventually I don't know what went why I started doing this, but I was just like, it'd be cool if I like sang my raps. Like saying like saying how me as a rap fan would want to hear a rapper sing. You know, so when it's like we say like, even my song Cooler Than Me, which ended up being a big song. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of got a, a a a rhyme scheme that a rapper would use. So, you got designer shades to hide your face. Like That's the shit I wanted to hear as a hip-hop fan. I never really heard anyone sing it, like, put melody to it um, in that way. I mean, obviously, you got, like, kind of the rap singer. There wasn't the first one to, like, flow in <laughs> and sing. But, yeah, that was, like, I don't know why I started doing that. But I just started, you know, after doing music, since, like, I started writing rap songs when I was eight. You know, so at that time I was like maybe twenty, twenty one. So you know, I'm twelve, thirteen years in. And I stumbled on something that was was uh my sound.
0: Did you have and confidence had in your sound?
2: When I started doing it, yeah, yeah I had like uh I did, man. <laughs> I always thought it was weird this weird thing. I always thought like our band was gonna be big. And the other two guys in the band quit
0: um what was the what was the setup by the way you had it was two other me. guys yeah it
2: was me and i was like the mc slash producer and i would sing some of the time and then there was a, a guy named eric Holges who's in a, ba- a wonderful band named delta ray now oh and uh he's just amazing you know amazingly talented and he was like the real singer and played like keys and guitar and then we had a guitarist named jeff O. so all your drums are programmed all drums were programming. So like, I, I it, at the time Jack Johnson was really big, and I had this like scheme of of doing like us being like the hip hop Jack Johnson group, <laughs> and I was gonna do like Dilla style drums, not no eight hundred eights, like Dilla kits. And over like acoustic guitars with hooks and and verses, hmm. and um,
0: but you wore shoes, and that's the big difference that's right between you and Jack Johnson, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, I was wearing like hyper flights at the time, <laughs> and like <laughs> Nike tuned airs you know uh with matching polo shirts um <laughs> so bad, and uh <laughs>
0: it's a different time, like yeah.
2: you know, and uh. It, the, we, you know, I was Jeff earlier, my friend Jeff, who's here with us, was like, uh, we, 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 uh, we went to record Cooler Me and we had, like, the song written and, and Jeff, our a our different Jeff, our guitars were playing acoustic. So we're doing this. And then I said, record some electric just for fun. And then when I took the files back to make the beat, it was just like the electric was, was just sounded doper. Yeah. So I had to abandon my little, like, marketing scheme because <laughs> the music was just different. It just came out a different way um you know i always say that to musicians that are starting like oh, what do i do it's like you just got to make music and you have to stumble on it and then you know eventually i outgrew that sound hmm. and it was scary because you know like I, all those songs back then were about girls at school or they were about smoking pot or partying you know and as i got older i stopped doing all those things um i still do girls of every once in a while if i'm lucky but the like the prowl you know it's like the misogynist like hunting of women is i'm not so into that <laughs> yeah. anymore um and i don't smoke pot anymore i don't mm-hmm. drink anymore so it was like for a while i was very scared was like oh i have to find my sound again you know and i, and I think i did um with this new album yeah where i kind of like it. it was very influenced by country music you know totally, um, and I'm at some point, like this is gonna stop being cool to me, and I'll <laughs> be naked out of my shell and and uh an- another um <laughs> what we say currently uh lost adult, yeah. <laughs> you
0: know? no, but I think that uh you being naked, that was actually your video, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're yeah be as you are life. video <laughs> I'm yeah. naked well okay Ladies. so yeah, so you're at you're at Duke, how do you get to was it r c a at the time yes, yeah, how so do you get there? I, um, I
2: recorded, so we recorded the end of sophomore year. My I wrote these, like, maybe five songs for my band. And we re- we recorded, like, we went in, the, there was a studio there at the school, and they gave me the key, because I use it a lot. So we recorded all the guitars, and I was taking the beats back. And I was like, you know, before I leave for summer, I want to get these five songs done. And one of the songs was cooler than me. And that summer I went to work, um for Def Jux Um, (laughs) so you guys nodding your head I don't know if all your listeners know Def Jux is LP's label who's half of uh, Run the Jewels Run the Jewels yes Um, and so he was my boss I was an intern and I used to do things like um, at first they had an office and I would do things like you know normal interns like change the copier ink and you know get people coffee and work on the website etc and then they had a falling out with like the people they shared the office with and my office for the rest of my tenure uh, <laughs> that summer was moved to lp's house <laughs> and so i would do it like my job description changed from like changing the ink toner to like changing changing sheets. lp's yeah. cat litter cat's cat litter <laughs> and like he had this defunct hot tub that i sawed into little pieces and put into garbage bags and took out but <laughs> He was like he was a tough boss, but um, on the last day I left my demo, I didn't because I didn't want to be like you know I'm working here to get signed or whatever. I'm you know I was like cold, at the time I was cold calling the labels, and I'll go and try to sell beats. And I had cooler than me just in my pocket, but I wasn't really trying to do. it. I was trying to sell beats, and I never sold any. I had means with like G Unit and like Atlantic and what not i would just say hey i'm big sean one of big sean's producers and Hmm. he would let me come in um and play beats and the last day i left my demo with with um Def Jux, and they hit like one of the people hit me back and was like lp thinks you're gonna be huge that's amazing i was like that's really he didn't even tell me himself but he just told me and then like he at some point he hit me back and was like your stuff's really fucking good man that's awesome do you still have a relationship with him i haven't talked to him in years But I gotta gotta respect him, man. If you need
0: somebody... I mean, nobody's been feeding his cat this entire time. (laughs) Yeah,
2: exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't they do, like, a cat album? Meow the uh, Jewels. Meow the the Jewels, jewels. yeah. Yeah.
0: Dude, it's amazing. With uh, Just Blaze did some stuff on that. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, okay, so they say your stuff's cool. Um, At what point do you get management? Almost a year later. So you're just Um, doing all this on your own?
2: Well, yeah, I was just, you know... I believed in the stuff and of I course. had the kind of this like this ethos that I've abandoned a little bit where it was just take every opportunity. You don't know what it's going to be. So the end of that summer, I moved back to Michigan. Um, I didn't move. I just like my internship ended. I went home for like a week or two and then I was going to go back to Duke f- to for junior year. And um, I'm I'm on like in northern Michigan with my family and uh sean calls and he's like hey i got tickets to glow in the dark in new york come with me to msg Hmm. jay-z's coming i could probably introduce you to kanye again and jay-z because by this time he'd heard i'm not sure if he was on cooler than me yet i think he'd heard cooler than me and he loved it and um i was like man that's amazing but i'm in michigan (laughs) and the show was like the next night and i started like you know i sort of like stayed on the phone it was like silent for a minute and i was like i should just book a flight huh and he was like yeah you should and i looked at i think it was like a thousand dollars which was like a lot of money to me at the time but i was like Fuck it man i gotta do it you know i gotta do it so i i um i booked the flight and i went i flew back to um new york i still have my apartment in new york but nothing was in it um and so he was like, go to Will Call, Don, Don C, you're, on, you're on Don C's list. So I I go to Will Call, I went with my friend George. We're like, yeah, we got some tickets under Don C. They're like, no, nah, there's nothing here for you. So I called Sean, so I'm like, dude, they said there's no tickets here. He's like, all right, just meet me at the studio. I'm like, well, that's better. (laughs) (laughs) And so that worked out well. So we go to the studio, and he's like, just, he comes out and meets me. He's like, you and George, just wait here in the lounge. And like most studios, especially the bigger rooms, they always have like a chill room for like, I guess, managers and people who don't do music to like be in while the artists And what uh, studio is this? I can't remember the name. It was on the uh, west side. Mm hmm of new york i remember it what are those avenues over there yeah like they're high in numbers right oh like yeah, oh
3: so, so it was uptown nine.
0: was it like jungle city or something i well, don't know yeah well,
2: it sounds kind of familiar or no like, i wasn't jungle or city. like
0: any like you're talking about like amsterdam or columbus or Indiana no you know, it like, side. doesn't go like
2: 11th 10th yeah. like, or 10th 11th 12th yep and you're by the water at that yeah. point yeah yeah it was by the water okay uh whatever it had of business now because there's no more studios in Manhattan right and uh so I'm chilling in the room and I hear, right? The other the other room is 808s and Heartbreak is being made um, while Kanye's on the tour, which I think a lot of people don't realize. Like, you're on a world fucking tour, it's a lot of work, busy. And he made that album on the road, which is nuts. Yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, so like I hear like and then like you know I think Malik Youssef is in the room. He plays a song and then I hear a song. Who knows? Mm. Which is a song I did for Sean. Which I produced and I and I did the hook on. And I'm just like, okay, Kanye West is listening to my song right now. There's probably you know there's there's probably three or four people in the world that can just change my life right now. One's Pharrell at the time. One's Dr. Dre. One's Jay Z. And one's Kanye West. Mm-hmm. If he likes this, my whole life could change. Like like Sean's already has. So and I met Kanye before in Detroit, going down. He's always a nice guy to me, um, but he didn't, he didn't like remember me or anything. So th- so then they leave. They're going to msg do glow in the dark and uh sean goes hey yay this is mike posner he did the song i just played you yay fist bumps and he goes cool and i go it's kind of another awkward silence and i go so did you like it <laughs> which i'm proud of myself for doing yeah you know? I was, so did you like it and he looks at me he goes not really man he goes nah he goes he goes maybe i could be for lupe's album but not for big sean's it's not right for his and my heart kind of dropped. I think maybe you read that on my face. And he goes, he rattles off this fucking nuts analogy that, like, I guess makes Kanye Kanye. He goes, he goes, sorry, man. You bumped it. Or Sean bumped it. You said it. I had to spike it. And I'm like, well, that that's <laughs> amazing. You know? <laughs> and, and we all get in this elevator. And it's like real. And I remember in that elevator ride down, all i wanted to do is go make more music i didn't want to quit i didn't and i didn't have to psych myself up to yeah. not want to quit i just didn't i just wanted to go make more i knew there was
0: more in me so kind of did change your life
2: yeah i suppose he did you know and so um we end up going at concert jay-z comes out and they go blueprint three coming soon and they walk off stage it was nuts <laughs> night you know they announce blueprint three and uh then sean he ended up sleeping on like the couch like at my empty apartment i think (laughs) i slept on the floor (laughs) that night and uh and so so you know i had this song cooler than me and sean he's by this time, he's hanging out with pharrell and he's starting his first album and tim i think like the dream and kanye and and he here i think after that he hears cooler than me and he goes this is like a hit song and I, don't, I was like what, what does that mean you know i'm not signed or anything so i'm just like hey man i'm just trying to do shit with you like as much shit <laughs> i could like beats i can get on sean or like so i can do a song." people just listen to me he goes this is like a hit song i'm like all right whatever like so you want to get on it he's like yeah so he came to my mom's house this summer and we did that we did a verse to cool me together we when me and sean work a lot of times he'll help write my hooks and all right he'll write his verses and um so we did that and I put cooler than me, you know, and then I was playing more people, my beats and I'll sometimes play people cooler than me. Everyone liked that better than my beats. And so I ended up putting it out. I put it out, which is very serendipitous on OK dot com was the first it was all, it was for those who have been listening. Uh, and forgot because they're high on marijuana um, <laughs> <laughs> and stuffing their face with Doritos.
0: Do you remember uh, your, do you remember your name, like your account name?
2: On com? Yeah. No, <laughs> but this was on the com blog. Yeah. yeah. So they, they posted, um, they posted cooler than me. They are the first ones. And then, um, and then uh, two dope boys posted it and, um, and, it, and it, everyone liked it and stuff and kind of like circulated the internet and that's when that the end of that summer i also met um scooter Braun, mm-hmm. who managed um asher, asher roth. roth at the right. time i actually hired him at the time but he but then he ended up being like really busy and we're still friends i would say this in his like if he was here like he stopped like picking up the phone and so I was like, Jack. Like, I guess you can't be my manager because, like, <laughs> like not ever. You're not managing me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't talk. Like, and he was like, "It's all good. Like, I'm just really busy with Asher." And he, and by the way, I have this kid named Justin Bieber who, who's cool. You know, <laughs> Maybe, like I knew who Justin Bieber was. And you're like, like not cooler than me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hello. You know? That's why they pay you. <laughs> <bucks>. And so. <laughs> and so Uh, I met Scooter and Ash. Ash actually did a verse to Cooler Than Me. Really? That, like, we never finished. And so we put Cooler Me out. I was like, it's tricky. And then by then I met Dan Weissman, Mm -hmm. who you guys know. Mm -hmm. And he ended up becoming, I guess, my first manager. Like, for real. Um, And he told me, before I hired him, he said, you should do a mixtape. And that wasn't, I didn't really think of that. And... So I did it And I made this mixtape And Sean gave me three verses mm-hmm. And I put it out March 1st 2009 And people just fucking liked that shit It was all over the rap blogs. It was man. moving It was big and in my apartment, and it, yeah, it, apartment was, yeah. it was great <laughs> no, <really. laughs> It was great
0: And uh, We saw some of your first shows We saw SOBs We saw you somewhere else too That's love man No I but, but Western Hall or something I don't remember or Irving
2: Irving Plaza Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah Yeah but man, you so you changed, you know, your whole like vibe up, and and people were really feeling it.
2: Yeah, I've done that a couple times. Yeah, at least in my own mind. I don't know how <laughs> much that reads, but you know, it, that was tough for me. And I think you know these are first world problems. But you know, when you finish college, I think a lot of people have a little bit of an identity crisis. Like, okay, what am I supposed to be doing with my life? And it's hard to figure that answer out. Um, I kind of knew what I should be doing, but I still felt all those same growing pains. And they were compounded by the fact that I was, like, popular. And I wasn't very popular. You know, I always had friends growing up, but I wasn't, like, one of the popular kids ever. And all of a sudden, like, everyone just wanted to be friends with me. And I know that sounds great on the surface, but there's a threshold where it becomes a bit overwhelming and um you know this sean and i were became pretty close this time because there was no one else i knew that was really dealing with that and uh, i wasn't so good at dealing with it um and i think you know part of our job as humans i don't know as the way i look at my life is to like learn and evolve and become better and um the first time i really like changed my sound was i did two mixtapes and then i did my first album and when i started doing my first album i wasn't listening to a lot of hip-hop at the time i was just listening to like different stuff like more i was actually listening to like edm it was before edm was like really popping right and i was i was like what i was into and so my album sounded like that um and there's a couple like more hip-hop jams like we got some boys to men on there Mm -hmm. was
0: bow chicka wow wow on the album yeah Yeah, it was on the album Yeah, or the Lil
2: ones. Wayne verse came after the album, right? Because he was in jail, mm-hmm. but uh, um, but that was the first time I really switched my sound from my mixtape to an album, and a lot of people just fucking hated it. Uh, a lot of my fans, you sold out, mm-hmm. you signed a record deal, you suck now, and uh, that I I was not good at dealing with that at the time. Admittedly, those things, those words really hurt, um, <clears throat> you know. And then I had I had a lot of success, especially with success I said access. A lot of access. <laughs> you had no oh, success access. at pronouncing success. <laughs> yeah, you know. And uh with with the song Cooler Than Me Especially, and I was kinda like I was just holding on really tight, I was praying around the world, fornicating, making more money than I deserve, taking my shirt off at shows. <laughs> and um eventually, you know, my songs were just uh, started to become progressively less popular. And so uh i I became progressively less popular and and people stopped you know hitting me up all the time and um it took me about two years to to like find some sense of identity um post success like who am i now that i'm not popular anymore who am i now that no one like the girls don't want to bang me like just just yeah for no reason tonight you know who like who am i and uh it took a while man it took a while and then um you know just like we do as humans we learn more and i I think i got to a spot where i was really happy in my life you know the Last yeah. like so it was five years since i had put on an album i had two albums on rca got shelved
0: well yeah so can you just talk about that process sure. i think there's a lot of people who don't understand the process of of being on a major label and yeah. turning stuff in
2: yeah so um and for you me, had
0: such major success with your first album.
2: Yeah, for me, I you know I, my first single ever was "Cooler Than Me," right. and it was this big song, and uh, I took it for granted because it was my first one, and I thought, oh, it's just what happens—we put a single out, you know. Um, so my next song was "Please Don't Go," and it was a hit. It sold, you know, I went platinum a couple of times in the U.S., but it sold less than "Cooler Than Me," so it's like, in I feel like in the record label, was my as a failure. Right. And third is Bow Chica. And it sold, also hit, sold 1 million. And, um, but less than Please Don't Go. And it, the trend continued. And then I put out a song called, I think, Looks Like Sex was next. And I put out a mixtape called The Layover. Mm-hmm. And um, then I did another single called Way It Used to Be. And these all sold, like, progressively less. And then I did a song with Sean, Top of the World. By this time, I'm just putting it out on my own because the label you know they're, they're watching the graph just go from top left you know the red line right <laughs> yeah
0: top left to bottom right you know was, so, was top of the world was that the um the mike will one
2: no uh diplo and benny blanc oh that's did that beat. I, that's right that's right yeah i've never worked with mike will um but you know so so in their mind their business and they say hey we got this thing he's selling less and less and less and less we're gonna stop putting money behind it now so i have this album that's done and it was the f- first album that got showed was record called Sky High. Um, Pharrell did like, s- s- we did like 10 joints. I think I was maybe using like f- three or four. Jeez. Um, record with J. Cole on there. Hmm. Um, record with Big Sean on there. It was And uh, Boyfriend for Justin Bieber was on there. It was my song first
0: and um same theme same like hook or yeah it was the same song well wow. the,
2: the the lyrics and the verse changed because mm-hmm. they were all about me right and i was talking about banging girls <laughs> and he was 16 so he, he toned it down a little bit uh, <laughs> so, uh by the way i think he was banging girls yeah, sure sure time, yeah but he didn't talk about it in his songs i don't yet. know it's like prove
0: it you know <laughs> yeah
2: and uh so yeah, they were like, you know, we can't really we're we've spent x amount of money, which is a lot of money, like when when they they pay you in advance. So they pay me, you know, something in six figures um, which is just it just goes in my pocket and then they pay all like all the when I'm doing sessions for the studios and the flights, you know, so they've invested all this money and I'm not I'm not returning any of it. Or my songs aren't returning any of it, so you know we're not going to spend more money to promote and put out this album. Me also, we'd have to pay all these producers, you know. So Pharrell's not cheap. Yeah, Pharrell and at the time he was much cheaper. (laughs) At the time he was ice cold, and that's why I got to do ten songs with (laughs) him. You know, Um, but he wow is he a talented guy? Yeah. Um, Was that down in Miami? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we like we really worked. Like we had a ten day block which is f- insane when you that think is. about it you know a 10-day block
0: what was it like first meeting him
2: <sighs> when I, f- I first met him, my well the, the second show i ever did the first show i did not at duke was opening for him <laughs> and so i met him there and he took a picture of my mixtape and it was like the, and then someone stole the camera it was on it was like heartbreaking <laughs> so i met him there and then i opened up for him again in dubai later and uh, he was I'm always, sure it was exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, at this time I had like my, my first record out and he was cool. And then I was running a polo Don at yep. Record Plant in, in L.A. In L.A. And I walked down the hall and I saw Pharrell. And I said, P, how are you, man? I, I was like, I really want to show you some of the stuff I'm working on, you know. And he was like, cool. So I went and played him this song called Get Down um, that I still haven't put out. Justin Bieber cut it, but I wanted to keep it. Um we might do it might be like a duet type thing. Whoa. Um but I th- it's not even on this album either it's just like a, you know, one yeah. of the many songs on my laptop. Too many songs on my <laughs> laptop. And uh So I playing so He loved it and he, so we we booked some sessions. And like I said, like he wasn't popular at the time, you know. Uh he was working with, it was he was working with a lot of people. Like he was he was like really um It was really cool, man, getting to spend that much time with them. And then, like, it's kind of like the George Clooney thing where it's like you can wear, like, the coolest outfit in your closet, and he's going to wear a white T-shirt and jeans, and you're going to look way less dope than him (laughs) in whatever pictures you take that day, you know? (laughs) And so there's, like, a little bit of that. And and some of the stuff that we did came out sounding a little Justin Mm Timberlake-y, and some of it was just fucking
0: dope you know so was dope so did you guys collaborate on the beats as well
2: no mostly he did the beats <clears> in that <throat> session
0: in that session so uh-huh. so RCA is like look you the return on investment is not really up to up yeah, to par right so now so
2: it's like you know they, they do what's called shelving you in the yeah. industry which is like they just hold on you know if something happens like you know if you if you put a song out on your own it does well okay we're there and then we'll we'll pour the gasoline on the spark um, but if not like you're just gonna sit here, and uh, so then by that time, like I was, you know, I just love doing music, so I'd, I, I, I did like another album after that, and that album was called Pages, another dope album. Um, who's on that? There was the. Uh, there was poems on this album and it was like the pages of my notebook and I'm working on getting the rights to these back. So hopefully you'll see like, yeah, I was about to say, like
0: cause you had said like, there's a song that you and Justin were now working on. I was like, doesn't RCA own that? So
2: yeah, technically. Yeah. So I have to do, broker these deals with them. And basically what I have to do is contact all these producers and musicians that helped me make the music and tell them, Hey, I had to pay you out of pocket. Are you okay taking less than you normally do? And, um, in an effort to put this stuff out, otherwise it just stays on the laptop forever. Um, and and mostly everyone's been fucking really cool about it so far. So you it's know, where we're we're. Is in there the anybody process. you
0: want to call out on this podcast <laughs> and say, "Yo, no, do no. your fucking business."
2: No, everyone's been so cool. Like Diplo is like basically, you know, like basically got like a tra- Like I did a song for him. He's like, "Let me get a track for fucking free." You know, which is a f- I don't know if I should even say that, but. Just really cool of them, you know. Everyone's been really cool. Was
0: there ever a point where did did RCA own the name Mike Posner at that point? No, they don't own the name. I don't think. <laughs> but
2: at some point, I had to we, like that second album was dope too. We had like uh, I had poems as interludes. Mm-hmm. I told you I was like poetry, so I had different people read my poetry. I had. Bieber reading a poem i had two chains reading a poem what <laughs> and i had uh <laughs> my mom read a poem and dr wayne dyer read a poem if oh my god that is, that's amazing
0: i don't know who who's dr wayne dyer he's
2: like this like they call him like the father of inspiration he does like lectures that make you feel good i would disagree and, uh, He's, he's from from say Detroit. two
0: chains is the father of mm-hmm. inspiration mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know
2: for some people <laughs> he is <you> know? <laughs> uh, and it was and also uh sugar was on that um man so it became the maroon Roon five sugar later um so then at this one, you know like my lawyers my manager hey are you guys cool if you let Mike go and they let me go and I didn't you know this time I was like I was kind of stumbled on this new country sound you know um I was listening to like guys like Merle Haggard and <laughs> Hank Williams and Hank Williams Jr. Uh, so like none, of which, yeah, none of which any of your listeners have ever heard Man, before. No, our, no, our, our listeners are big <laughs> oh? Dixie Chicks fans. Yeah? Yeah, they're, they're All huge right. on Dixie I've Chicks. I've made a lot who, who of generalizations about yeah. your listeners you know, Wait, that where, are unfair. Where,
0: where are you living at this point?
2: This point I have a house in L.A. I okay. bought a house maybe three years ago. But I lived in L.A. right after I finished, I finished Duke a semester early because I did summer school Right, and I moved to L.A. I, for a while, I stayed at Duke for like a month. I thought this would be great. I'll live at at college, but I won't have class.
0: (laughs) So Van Wilder. (laughs) Yeah. And then,
2: like, I was touring. I would do these, like, shows at, like, other schools. And they'd, for all intents and purposes, like, throw a party for me. I'd do, like, my little bullshit, like, DJ show. Right. And we'd have these wild nights. Sean would be at a lot of them, (laughs) you know. And um, I'd come back, and, like, the same shit would be going on in my house. And there was just no break. Like, my... you know, my feet stuck to the floor in my house because you know, of the keggers we were throwing.
0: I mean, that were being thrown at your that house. That were being <laughs> thrown at yeah. my
2: house. But I say we like my, my friends. <laughs>
0: and uh, I was like, I just got to go. So I moved to L.A. And if you don't want me asking, what section of town in L.A. like did you live in?
2: Originally, I lived in a guest house in West Hollywood, which was behind like... It was just like a little one-bed, what's what they call a studio, where it's just one big yeah. room yeah. Mm-hmm. behind like a, a main house. Yeah. And uh, I stayed in there for a while, man. I had plaques in that little guest <laughs> house, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally <laughs> Weissman was like, dude, I'm going to start <laughs> looking for a new place for you to live. <laughs> I'm just going to do that. I was like, why? It's because and Weissman sta- couldn't fit in your house. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a yeah, refrigerator he's a big with big a head. Yeah, guy. And I, s- I stayed there for you – know, they, fo- they basically forced me out because – they started doing construction on the thing next to it and there was a point where they cut they cut like a there was a hole in my wall and they just they just put a piece of like like a huge like a refrigerator sized rectangle like a doorway sized hole in my wall and they just like took a like big piece of like paper was it, like construction quality paper like that brown paper, and just taped it on and there was like jackhammers and shit and I couldn't I couldn't record anymore <laughs> And I was like hopping over like this construction zone again my my ho- like, my little guest house. Yo, I was like, like I it wasn't go.
0: like cake parties down in North Carolina yeah. or like yeah. construction. It, I had like, a good yeah. like, had, like a giant glory hole in your wall. <laughs> yeah.
2: I had a, <laughs> a Weisman sized <laughs> glory hole in my wall. <laughs> I had a good two three years there. I moved to Beachwood or er, I moved to Laurel Canyon for like a month. I moved to Beachwood Canyon a couple years, and then I bought my first home. Um, Congratulations in the Hollywood Hills. Nice. And I don't li- I now I live w- recently with my mom and dad in Detroit. <laughs> so I, Nice. And I have my f- my friend is staying at my house in LA. Um yeah.
0: do your feet still stick to the floor? <laughs> in which house? <laughs> your <laughs> parents. <laughs> you no, know? no, no. So okay, <laughs> so you start listening to country just on a whim or No,
2: I hung out with my friend Jake Owen, who's a country a wonderful country artist, wonderful human. He invite he used to cover Bao Chiclawawa on his sets. <laughs> and uh i was in nashville one time i was like you know me with these guys basically trying to like sell songs yeah you know to country singers because like, i just got like fucking million songs on my laptop you know and uh and they were like you know jake owen covers your song? I'm like yeah it's cool i didn't really know who he. Was. they're like no you don't understand jake owen's a big fucking deal <laughs> like, he sings your song like every night on his tour and so we ended up like talking on Twitter, and one night he's in L.A. at Sunset Marquee. Mm-hmm. He invited me. We we hung out, and we just had a great fucking time. Like we were passing the guitar. We recorded a couple things.
0: Is that Nightbird Studios?
2: Yeah, yeah. I love that place. Yeah, was so good. Um, I did. I worked with like tons of people, like Two Chains, and um, I did the Boy Cement song there. Whoa. Deja Vu. Yeah. And um.
0: Wait a song with Boys Town Yeah, or? my
2: first album I had a song called Deja Vu placed. Oh, right, gotcha. You know, I and you were I, experiencing and he, Deja Vu. They <laughs> did the backgrounds and I just put it we just put it as background but we should have put featured featuring Boysment which mm. you didn't uh, and I regret that. Um Was it Who th- was I talking the about? Nightbird. Or yeah, four? Three. Okay, yeah, 3. Okay,
0: 3. Sunset Marquis and Jake Owen came out there. Yeah, and Jake Owen and
2: so we're passing the guitar and he you know, I was showing him my songs. He's like these are great. And he was singing me he was singing me like these Hank Jr. songs <laughs> that were blowing me blowing my mind. He sang his song and I go, This is the best song I've ever heard. I go, Did you write these good no it was a Hank Jr. song? And uh so then we're like, you know, we're just pa- we we hung out again the next night. And we're just passing the guitar, play one I'd written and he'd play one. he played play when he written back and forth. And um and I told a story a bunch, um, But I think it warrants repeating In that I played an old tune of mine And he says um, What inspired the lyrics of that I said it's about a girl from New York And some of the shit I just made up And he looked at me He goes Well Why don't you just tell the truth
0: Hmm.
2: He goes You know there's some people out there Just tell the fucking truth And they don't care And I didn't really have an answer for him And I knew in my heart Like the songs he was singing me like i could do my version of that like the 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 stories merle Hagger would tell and the stories willie nelson would tell and like the songs like me and paul like i could do that that was it was hip-hop you know they're just they're just telling the truth like but the stories weren't about like selling dope or like shooting someone they were they were about well sometimes b- shooting people but yeah. sometimes <laughs> shooting people but they were about like being famous and falling from fame, which was what I was experiencing. If you listen to a song like Blues Man by Hank Jr., it's like, you know, he's like, I got cuffed on dirt roads. I got sued over no shows. You know, it was all shit he did. Like he would he would be drunk and coked out on the tour bus and miss the show. Yes. I got sued over no I got cuffed on dirt road. What a line that is yeah. you know, doesn't that paint a picture in your head I got it's, cuffed and on dirt truth. roads yeah, so you know, I got in the airport, I was going to the winter Olympics that night <laughs> and I was on a long flight and um It was a Delta. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would I hope it was a Delta. <laughs> I fucking love Delta. <laughs> Delta and Hampton Inn, man. God, I love those two brands. Um <laughs> well, wait, I we're wrote,
0: not currently in a Hampton Inn right no, now, but just for the record. I don't <laughs> know
2: if there's is there Hampton Inns in Manhattan? I do uh, think i ever stayed in one of There
0: might be. There might be, actually. I'm this podcast aware. is sponsored by Hampton <laughs> <and Yeah. Manhattan. laughs>
2: This version of Mike Posner has been brought to you by Delta Airlines, <laughs> <Yes>. Justin Bieber, <laughs> yeah, Adidas hat. Footwear, and Coldplay.
0: Yeah, let's do a quick- <laughs> Sorry, uh,
2: I just yeah. have to do that. Yeah. Right. This, this era of Mike, po- <laughs> Mike yeah. Posner. Yeah. Uh, so that night, you know, I leave the studio. I'm flying after hanging out with Jake. Basically, leave the studio, go right to the airport, and I wrote, um, mm-hmm. took a pill in Ibiza on that flight. You know, just trying
0: to tell the truth, which is your truth, right?
2: Yeah, and I and um, I got over to Russia and like figured the chords out, and this this kind of opened up Pandora's box. I was like, whoa, I can just say what's really going on. Okay, Are you signed
0: that. at Island at this point?
2: Um, I don't think so. Okay. I had, yeah, I had basically this all the songs written, no, I definitely was not okay, definitely was not, and uh, and then, so this opened up, I would write more songs like buried in Detroit, and I would just tell these stories, like you know, I don't claim to be a prophet, I just speak my mind, I try to tell like it is, and sometimes God makes it rhyme. I like my <laughs> songs how I like my women, honest and to the point, I got fucked up in Stockholm, but I'll be buried in Detroit mm. next to my father and my father's father too, used to live in New York City, but there ain't no substitute. You know, not from my hometown. That place people avoid. Um, What's my next line? (laughs) (laughs) I've been to a lot of places, but I'll be buried in Detroit. Some shit like that, you know? And so I just wrote a bunch of songs like that, and I was having so much fun doing it. And it just became this album that I'm putting out. I don't know if this podcast will be out by then. It You'll comes out,
0: out. You're com- You're coming out uh, this week. This album that is out. Yeah, it's yes. currently out right now. At go get alone. that on iTunes. Yeah, or at Best Buy. Yeah, <laughs> you know,
2: or Spotify. Yeah, you know, go so stream that. <laughs> or fucking pirate that show. Does anyone pirate anymore? Uh, yes. yes they yes, really they do. do. <laughs> hey, you know, you can pirate my album. I'm cool with that. You know, especially if you never heard my shit before and you're a pirater <laughs> I'd like for you to By pirate. That, it's just a pirate. Yeah, and you're a pirate. <laughs> thank you for correcting me. You know
0: okay Thank so you. so
2: i'd encourage that no you know what i mean because shout out to, to island stuff. records right now <laughs> yeah it's a lot to ask someone to buy something from an artist they never heard before that's very fair so listen if you if you're on you, you kind of like the shit i've been talking the last 45 <laughs> minutes <laughs> and you're on the fence just pirate it you pirate you and uh correct usage right there <laughs> Yeah, there you go. and uh and see what you think. <laughs> That's right. See what you
0: think. Maybe you'll come to the show later. Maybe not. I'm cool with that. It's all love here. So, um, all right. So you're doing a lot of press around. Um, I took a pill in Ibiza. Yeah, um, too much. It, not that, enough. <laughs> wait, really? Too much? I mean, I don't some
2: know. days too much. So but like I I like doing the press. Especially I like doing the press of things. That I listen to Or mm-hmm. I think Like this is really cool mm-hmm. Wednesday I get to do NPR All cool. things like considered. Too
0: much like Molly <laughs> Oh
2: too much I don't do I've only done the. I've done the Molly A couple times I'm not a big Molly guy but I am a mushrooms guy Yeah, yeah I, heard, yeah, I saw that yeah, yeah.
0: Like you do it Every like five or six months Or so
2: yeah, so. I mean, I sure that doesn't like make scheduled. me a mushrooms guy, right? You know? I don't it's think so. You dabble, yeah. I dabble in mushrooms, yeah.
0: but my question was like, has anybody ever asked you if if Avicii was impressed?
2: Yeah, a lot of people have asked me that. See, I, yeah.
0: I don't know. <laughs>
2: yeah, a lot of people impressed? have asked me that. Uh, he told me he, he was like, I didn't know you were on pill I thought you were just drunk. You know? <laughs>
0: So, so He's funny about the whole thing man. Um, so cool. Yeah now he quit music All because of you <laughs>
2: I think he only quit tw- I read his note He's mm-hmm. like Yeah he quit touring He just quit touring Yeah And from wh- from my time with him He was like I never He's like I never thought I was gonna be doing shows Like I just make beats mm-hmm. You know what I mean And So I get it You know <laughs> he's, th- he's like That's not really what I wanted to do I just like making beats And like writing songs and he's fucking damn good at it you know i've worked <laughs> a lot with him over the years he's really talented so and a lot of first. those songs he writes the melodies you know other people do the words mm-hmm. those big hits you know he comes up with those mel. those swedes man <laughs> yeah they got no the kidding. melodies yeah max martin man fucking yeah Avicii. They
0: um something in the water over. can there. we talk about uh, your experience writing with Bieber. Like, what was that like? And that Did you know that that was going to be the big sort of single to transition him into, like, a real adult at that point?
2: Well, here's, a, like, kind of a serendipitous thing. Like, one, you know, I told you I met Scooter before. And, um... I was in studio with my buddy, like, my best friend now, Black Bear. And, uh... And my friend, MDL. Who I done just do a lot of music with. And, um... We walk in the studio, and the day's starting. You know, we're at Atlantic Studio. Well, it was Atlantic. Diane Warren bought the building now. <laughs> but, and we work there a lot. And this good little room, Studio C. I like it there because there's the other people always there. It's kind of competitive. So, <laughs> you, um, we walk in, and I see my friend, Matt Graham. And, I fu- and, and he goes in Studio A, which is like the bigger room. I walk in the room to go say what up to him and I would look to I trip on a skateboard <laughs> and it's Justin Bieber's <laughs> and I knew he knew I, well, he liked Bauchik while I had heard the grave so I was like what up and so we met it was cool enough. so I went back in the room and me and Black Bear um, we had started the idea before at a video shoot um but it was called Inside of Your Bedroom, <laughs> That's Where We Should Go. I never liked that. I was like, that's not the right lyric, but it's a great melody. Yeah. So I just kind of slaved over all day and finally came up. With, if I was your boyfriend, I'd never let you go. Keep you on my arm, girl. Mm. And, uh, you know, at the time, like, I was like, you know, M- the MDL, he was doing a beat and me and him did the beat together. And Blackbird played the guitar and, um, i was like take everything out of the beat just do the clapping i have this sound <laughs> <laughs> take everything out just do that that's it and then we're just gonna make it hood and at the <laughs> time like murray said that it was like before edm blew up mm-hmm. this was after edm <laughs> blew up and everything was 124 on the floor <laughs> so it was like if it didn't sound like kesha tiktok have that like boom yep. boom boom Boom, boom! Like it didn't get played. It was like when Baby, I like it. <laughs> you know, like that's what was on the radio. Literally, was like a very homogenized top forty period. Like right now, hold on,
0: radio gets homogenized. <laughs> what? Yeah, you're
2: right. But I, th- I we honestly, like right now, it's it's much more open than it was <laughs> in that time. I mean, you have songs like John Legend, All of Me, mm-hmm. where it's just him and a piano. Like that never could happen that year um so we thought the same thing of that song i was like well we need this kind of like timberlandy track like this is just dope to us like we never thought it would be on the radio and then i you know a week later i saw a scooter at a clippers game he goes i hear posner i'm like oh what up <laughs> and he goes or i said you know you should let me write for bieber because i think i could nail it so he's like come house, play me stuff so i play a bunch of songs and and the same guy was there matt graham he's like "You playing that song you did that day Hmm. so i play him boy he goes that's a single that's the single and um it was just real serendipitous that we saw bieber that day crazy before you know crazy and we didn't i was like it was like months later where i'm hanging out black bear in atlanta working with b major yeah and major alina (laughs) and uh we go whoa wait we saw beaver right before we did that and that became whoa <laughs> we, like
0: tripped out for a minute you know um does it phase you that that the maroon five song sugar has a billion youtube plays yeah, so many plays
2: it doesn't phase me i'm proud of that I, no no yeah, of course awesome. but like are you
0: do you look at that and just like that's a an unfathomable number
2: a billion i didn't actually didn't know it had a, had a billion yeah I saw it today yeah that's really cool you know and you know, you know and when i was in high school i'm pretty much, I wouldn't say exclusively listen to hip hop, but I listen to mostly hip hop. And it, w- it was hip hop with other shit sprinkled in. And one of the things sprinkled in was songs about Jane. I heard that song Harder to Breathe by Maroon 5. And that beat was fucking hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, <laughs> this shit is crazy, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, to fast forward... I don't know 10-15 years and to have a song with them and have it be a single you know know, yeah, it's fucking awesome you know and James shout out to James Valentine guitarist from Room 5 he played on my new album he did a song called Hell of a Song he also played on John Mayer's Continuum a lot of people don't know that Hmm. that song you know so James Valentine's, he's a master man yeah
0: so okay new album is out you're, you're on this wave now that like it had to be like you know wild and unexpected for you to reach, you know, this this level of success with this album, right?
2: Listen, man. So I <laughs> will take it through my last year. This was crazy, you know.
0: I got I
2: got diehard fans. Not a not like Drake probably has like a m- couple million diehard fans. I really have like 20 or 30,000 diehard fans even at UNC. Even <laughs> at <laughs> UNC. And I didn't know that at the time, like even a year or two ago. I thought, hey, man, I have these pop songs or hits. I'm putting shit out. I assume like my fans were like, I right, had a couple here and there. And they were like, I thought they were all like 13-year-old girls. <laughs> That's really what I thought. And uh, I read this book by Amanda Palmer called The Art of Asking. And in the book, she describes a thing she used to do called The Ninja Show. Where if her show sold out, she would tweet, Hey, I'm gonna play on the street corner at five PM before the regular show for the people that didn't get tickets. And I thought, Wow, this is a beautiful idea. And so I did a I did a ninja show in, in Ann Arbor in Michigan. And like a hundred people came, some you know, some got like I recognized someone from the beginning of my career, some got tats of my lyrics, you know. Some of their are you know, and it's small for I'm meeting everybody, some of their they're eyes are welling up when they meet me they this song really helped me through this thing and i thought oh i love this the ninja show thing i love this so i did another one in nashville i met jeffrey there jeffrey tweeted me he goes c- 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 do you need someone to film i was like, yeah sure film it he's like, like hey man someone's filming it for free like yeah why not <laughs> then he sends me this thing the like piece that he made is amazing right so then i go home and i read on the road by jack kerouac mm-hmm. And I thought, well, what if there was no other show that sold out? And what if we just did ninja shows and that was the tour? So we ran an RV, me, my friend, my right-hand man, Super Matt, another musician, Adam Freeman, and Jeffrey. So I barely knew I've hung out with Jeffrey once. And I thought, fuck it, man, we're gonna do it. You wanna come? He Yo, said, Jeffrey yeah. could have been crazy. Uh, he could have been fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. He could have been crazy. Like ready to stab. <laughs> <laughs> ready to st- <laughs> <knifes> on deck. <laughs> <laughs> and it would have been interesting. Jeffrey still undue. could, by the way. Uh, yeah, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Jeffrey's right by the door He's, right now. This is dangerous, guys. Yeah, Jeffrey's waiting, like, doing the long con. You know? <laughs> so we ran rented a fucking RV, man. We and I made. So we're never gonna get a hotel. We're never gonna get a hotel. And uh, my manager's like, "All right, we got to get per diems for the crew." I'm like, "We're not doing per diem. We're gonna, the fans. We're just gonna ask for food." They're like, da, da, da. They're, like, jumping through all the tour hoops. I'm, like, this is a, t- a ninja tour. Yeah. The fans do this. So, we every day, I would tweet, hey, I'm going to be in Phoenix tomorrow. Where should we play? Fans shoot back all the suggestions. I sh- got an email list. I sh- emailed the people in Arizona. They hit me back. I pick up a spot. I write to them. Hey, we're going to do it at 5 o'clock. So, we go to Arizona first, man. There was what is it, probably 150 kids came you know we stay after we meet every once Sometimes i take two hours Sometimes it takes four hours you know there's kid, a kid named justin skateboard 20 miles that day man i i just want to spit a 16 for you skateboard all this way i had no ride
0: his name was justin
2: yeah i forgot his last name bieber yeah <laughs> one beaver. No, one bieber you know like we met raul that day uh who's been coming to my shows for six years you know, and people like people would give us like they'd give us like twenty bucks, or they'd give us like cashews because they know I like cashews, and they give us water. And then next day we play Grand Canyon, and uh, t- like ten people came. You, you know? play the Grand Canyon. We play we play in front of the Grand Canyon. And Jeffrey made he's made a documentary about this that he's just about finished. Yeah, where's that? He's it been at? working on it for like a year. Dope. It's really amazing. He made a really great film.
0: So he's he's editing it, Jeffrey. Yeah, it's his film because he he's likes to cut. Yeah, there hey. you go. Yeah. He likes to carve. <laughs> he's a carver. Um, <laughs>
2: and uh, it was just a it was a it was a perspective changing experience. Um, you know, to where we like you know we got to Seattle, and you know met another I forgot that boy's name, but he you probably remember he's in the film. Who said, you know, my mom has Huntington's disease and she has lost the ability to speak. I haven't spoken with her in six years. And your song, Be As You Are, which is about my mom. He goes, you know, your song, Be As You Are, helps me remember her voice. Mm. So what do you do with something like that? It's like, for me, I'm like, I'm just writing the fucking songs because they pop in my head, you know. So I hug these people and I I don't know. I don't have any words that aren't cliche. When I was going to say thank you, like be stay strong or whatever. Like, I just hug them until they are good and um and but i didn't know they were out there you know and like you when you're an artist there's a microphone in your face like there's a microphone on my face right now and uh there's a tendency to want to fill up every silence with your words and sometimes the most powerful thing you can do is shut up and listen you know and i had never shut up and shut up and listened <laughs> before you pirate know? i was so concerned with people liking me i would do meet and greets before because i would i would want them to think i was nice and to tell their friends i was nice so hopefully more people would like me which is just totally selfish and bullshit you know i'm like i'm pretending to be a nice guy for you to like me more and this was like really about them you know and uh i just learned more what my job was you know which was, which is to take on my own and other people's suffering and make something beautiful out of it
0: your job on this earth
2: that's what the artist does you know and so um we, i talk about this in film i think as well and what rough cuts i've seen um is like the particulars which are like how many people are enjoying my gift right now you know uh uh am i sharing my gift with 100 people how why aren't thousand people hearing my gift today it's like don't worry about that those are the particulars just share the goddamn gift man that you've been blessed with and um so that's where i was last summer and i moved out of la i bought this van i got so in love with the ninja tour i bought a van I thought I want to live the Ninja Tours. I bought a van and I donate all my Jordans and whatever f- fit in the van. Like that was my clothes. and I got rid of everything else. Donate everything else, and I drove away from L.A. because I, you know, what's the the old proverb that which you possess possesses you. Mm-hmm. And so I drove to Utah hang out there. I had this gargantuan beard. I was. I went to Burning Man. We did more another Ninja Tour and mushrooms. I uh, did did <laughs> a couple <laughs> mushrooms here and there, uh, and um that's really where i was and then you know i'm in utah with this big beard and like my <laughs> managers say hey man your song is number one in in norway <laughs> you know i'm like what the hell well how, <laughs> did it, how did it get to those guys my label you know they asked some um, can we get a remix done and i love remix you know because I, I you know my, all my mixtapes i'd remix other people's songs yeah and a lot of people don't know that cooler to me was a remix you know original ones the one we talked about earlier oh yeah no yeah you guys know i produce yeah, yeah. it with big sean and then the one that blew up was the remix. Correct. And on my first time, I I released all the acapellas so kids could remix. I just love the ethos of the remix. You know, hip hop is based on sampling, so yeah. I just I think the less like copyright laws and the more reimagining, the better. That that makes for better art and more art. So they asked me. I said, cool. And I didn't really like. Th- I'm still just like listening to Bob Dylan and Merle Haggard and <laughs> you know. So I, they sent me back this EDM thing. I'm like, yeah, it's cool, man all good <laughs> and uh so the guys that made it were from norway i never met them at the time and it just started blowing up there i'm sure they had something to do with it blowing up there maybe they had some connections or radios, i don't know and um event yeah eventually it was like i wanted to work more black bear and he was in la so i drove back to la and um my beard had like run its course <laughs> where I looked in the mirror one day. And I was like, this doesn't feel like how I feel on the inside anymore. Mm-hmm. So, and I always wanted to dye my hair blonde. So I'd like I, I cut one in one fell swoop, chopped the beard off, dyed my hair blonde. And, uh, yeah. And then all of a sudden like this song spread from Norway to Sweden, <laughs> to Amsterdam, to eventually U S. And, um, you know, I always thought the songs were good. Mm-hmm. And by this time I had my album done for like a year or so. And, I always thought they warranted, you know, a lot of people hearing them. So when people asked, "Did you think this was going to happen?" It was like, "Yeah, like you know, yeah. when I started like my career with Mike Pose and Brainshock, I was like, I always like kind of believed that we were going to be big. I always thought like this stuff would find its way out. I, I operate under the assumption, the the tenant is it tenant or tenet? Uh, tenant, yeah. You're like my vocab yeah. <laughs> expert. It's pirate. Yeah, it's pirate, <laughs> brother. Um, <laughs> I was already the tenant that. That if you make something really good, it will somehow get heard by a lot of people if it's really really good. And I thought it made something really good. Did I think someone from Norway was going to do a remix and that was the re- now? I didn't fucking. Yeah, you realize didn't realize that was, yeah. yeah. You're right. And it was yeah. like don't get caught. And I've so i learned that kind of the last year's like don't get caught in particulars. Don't hold on too tight. You know to the plan. They say you want to make God laugh, make a plan. <laughs> you know so. Um, i'm just trying to enjoy the ride i know that now one to be grateful for this up here we kind of talk about this in the elevator on the way here it's like you know when cooler than me came out i didn't know i didn't know how fleeting and special like having a big song is because for me like you know it's my first one this big in six years my first album in six years you know and um I hope that that's leading me to appreciate this whole thing more. The other thing I know now is that this is just a fucking game, you know, and it doesn't really matter. You know, you get so caught up, at least for me, like I was over in uh, London, Germany last week promoting the album. So like... I'm not complaining because that's what you do when we put an album out. The art is more important than the artist is. I think part of the job is telling people it's there. Sure, you know, that's why I do Th- this interview. Is like I hope some percentage of the people listening will really connect with my music, and it's not going to be a large percent. It's going to be like one percent, and uh, you know some of them don't know it exists yet. So I'm I'm here telling them about it. Yeah, you know? yeah, and. uh but but when I do like you know a week of like straight interviews all day every day, it's easy to forget like that this shit really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, like like Mike Posner, like <laughs> well, you know what though? I the center of my own world a lot of times and it, I can I can dangerously slip into uh, a solipsistic view of the world. Solipsism is like a, a view that you're the only real person in 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 the universe. By the um, way,
0: your pronunciation on that beautiful.
3: Yeah.
2: Thank <laughs> you, sir. You know, I'm, that was. By the way, that was a a sound check for the NPR interview there that you I'm go. doing mm-hmm. later this week. <laughs> I tried that word out on y'all, <laughs> <laughs> and I and it was amazing. Passed with flying colors. That was <laughs> awesome. I, <laughs> I think that
0: I think our our big goal of this podcast, whoever we have on, know Asher Roth, mm-hmm. um, you know, Lil Uzi Vert, like people who have been yeah. around, people who are, are brand new. If we can help them tell their story, and some people like them more as a person and their journey, and want to support, that's what we love to do. We love to like shine a light on people and their full story. And I think that we were—I mean, look—we came in here with high expectations for this interview. I think that, I think that, I bumped it. (laughs) Jeff said it fell short, and you spiked (laughs) it. (laughs) Yo, Mike Posner, thanks so much. Thank you, guys. And hopefully, we can do this again. I'd love to do it again right on right thanks everyone for listening to this week's episode of a waste of time with it's the real jeff if they want to find more episodes just like this where can they go you can go on soundcloud.com slash a waste of time you can also go to itunes Yeah, you for sure, uh a waste of time with it's the real you can also go to uh our snapchats eric you are it's the real eric i am it's it's the real we are very easy to find we're fairly active on there yeah go on google play go on soundcloud go on itunes leave a nice comment for us on there say what you think about this podcast rate us highly And please, in real life, go tell a friend about this podcast Jeff, do you have a real life friend you want to tell? I have so many real life friends I want to tell Oh, now you're just bragging Yeah, well, when you're this popular with this good of a haircut Oh man, who do you want to tell? I want to tell my friend Jeremy Carellis who listens every week um, Shout out he, to Jeremy Yeah he lives in LA Okay He for a second Almost lived in Atlanta Okay Almost lived in New York But he's originally from Boston I mean you can <laughs> You can keep almost moving anywhere If you're Jeremy Yeah and Jeremy's out here almost moving As everywhere. long as Jeremy tells a friend in each of those cities Then I'm cool with that I'd like to tell our friend Marcia St. Hubert Who listens occasionally Hopefully she's going to listen to this podcast Yeah, She's the host of the Baby's Mother podcast It's awesome She recorded it from our apartment yeah. She's our real friend And she should go tell everybody She should get on her podcast Tell all those mothers out there By the way, happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there If you're a mother, have a good Sunday everybody else just shut the fuck up (laughs) all right we're gonna do this again next week we'll see you then i mean i'll see you before the episode comes out yeah all right well great see you then yeah what a plan bye